one. Well, what do we have here? Two red opens in a row over 10 handles. Well, we battled back, battled back yesterday. Can we battle back today? We'll take you some take a look at some earnings. Not big stocks, but we got some big movers. Uh, new guest today, Christian Tharp is going to be joining us from T3. It's Tuesday. It's pre-market prep. Let's get things started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Here we are. SP's down 14 and a half handles, 45.62. Uh, we got the buck up eight cents at 103.72. Bonds, bonds should be helping the market. We're in that area of the pair of highs in the last uh, few sessions. We're up almost a point in the bonds at 118 and 12.30 seconds. Crude in the red by 32 cents at 72.76. Gold trying to settle down after yesterday's wild day. Up 220 at 2044 and 50 cents. Silver in the red going the opposite way, almost a percentage point here, down 18 cents at 24.72. And Bitcoin holding long and strong. The futures are up $85 at 42,355. Uh, back in the hot seat. That's Money Mitch. Mitch, how you doing today? What's going on, traders? Welcome back. Uh, we're going to get after it, right? Like always, staying with the money. That's what it's all about. And uh, man, it, it's in the small caps now. What happened? Oh, rotation, rotation, rotation. It, is that a good thing? Small caps busting out yesterday, helping out yeah. the market. The big boys under pressure. I mean, everyone complains they want a you know a more uh, diversified rally. Well, we're getting it, but I, I still think, man, I still think you need the big boys. Maybe not necessarily to keep ripping like they are, yeah. but they can't go down or hold steady. But small caps stepping up to the plate. Great point, Mitch. Yeah, let's take a look also, uh, of course, um, we can take a look at how the bigger stocks are doing. But of course, those are kind of just on this kind of pullback. And I'm also going to point out, of course, the NVIDIA pullback. I know I missed the rally, but ever since the earnings, they're not liking NVIDIA. So at least I wasn't too wrong on that. Now, the question is, does the 50% retracement of that recent run really? draw a hold oh, here? Man. It's right underneath here. I, I I calculated it out. It's right around, let's say, 448.62. You can maybe round that between 448. But what do you think about that mentality on the 50% pullback? Uh, I, think, I think it's a good level. I, I just say that, uh, well, we'll see here. I mean, it, it, it had that 476 area, and I know I was out uh, – for a couple of days last week, but I hope I reiterated the importance of that 476 level because that held up a few different times post earnings. I see that uh, 50% just coming in about uh, the 448 area. You also have one daily low uh, just above that, but 
I just don't, I mean, if you go back to like, you know, stuff that we've talked about over the years, it's like when stocks go up quickly through an area, they can come down just as quickly. So I'll keep an eye on that 50% retracement. It's going to have to make two or three lows in that area for, you know, for it to be, you know, you know, to say where it's a rebound, but uh, a lot of selling pressure. I think I, I calculated this yesterday, and I think since that earnings day, uh, they on earnings day it was down, had a three-day losing streak, then it was up a day, then it had another three-day losing streak, it was up a day, and now it's on the precipice of another three-day. It's a streaky stock, so yeah. maybe if you don't catch it the first day, you know, let let it form a base and start going up because when it starts going up. It keeps going up. When it starts going down, it keeps going down. Let's talk a little bit more about the macro situation. Of course, the word on Wall Street right now is that traders are becoming confident that the Federal Reserve will begin to cut next year. Uh, in spite, of course, we've heard both comments last week. At least I can say, guys, we're in the blackout period right now. So we won't be getting too much Fed pushing around the market. But what do you think about that mentality? Joel, about rates getting cut maybe early next year. Are you in that camp? I I, I am so no, absolutely no. Right, I, like things yeah. would have to be like so bad for it to be that quick of a cut. Um, and if anything, we've seen the consumer stick stick around this holiday period. So to say that you know that they're going to just rush to cutting, I think you're pretty much saying that we go into a massive recession really quickly in the year. That's the only way that's going to happen. So right now, I think the cut talk is just, you know, talk out there. Um, of course, stocks did get a lift when they heard mentions of that, but that's just a mention. That's just rumors. I don't think the market really thinks that. No. That, I, well, first time. of all, you know, have we uh, have we absolutely whooped inflation? I mean, is that a four? I mean, it is down, right? We yeah. got it down, uh, number one. Uh, no, I just don't see it. I, I think the Fed, I, I mean, they're not listening to what Powell is saying. They're not listening to the speeches. They're not listening to what's going on. If we have to cut in March, then this market is going to be in a world of hurt. And, you know, we've had a nice rally. I don't know. I just that that the everyone's been so well. They've been calling for cuts for for so long. And, you know, they I mean, they were calling for higher rates. I I would not put that in my uh, my investment thesis at all. If you if that's what you're banking, I mean the bonds are having a wreath rally. It's nice, but you everyone try to start talking about rate cuts. I have to agree with you, Mitch. Man, this market is going to have to absolutely fall off a cliff. And are bonds starting to be bad for the market? I mean, the TLT just keeps climbing, man. And you know, at some point, you know that can happen, right? The relationship seemed in line here, but as we continue to climb with the TLT, do you think that maybe bonds look more attractive here than maybe even equities into next year? Ah, uh, oh boy, they—I mean, just the, that that move, that unprecedented move since 2020. I mean, you got just uh, you know, technically speaking, yeah, you got a lot of lot of room on the upside with uh with the TLT. Whether it's good or bad for the market, I mean, theoretically, it's supposed to be indicating that rates are coming down. I just think 
Yeah, just like you know, just like everything, market just get things get overdone. They get overdone on the upside. They got to get overdone on the on the downside. I'm looking at the 30 year bond here from, you know, 184 to what? How low did we get here in uh, in October? So a meaningful. Uh, we're on the way to a meaningful retracement. They're trying, you know, they're trying to force the Fed. They force the Fed's hand on the way down, and they're going to try and you know force the Fed's hand on the way up. I just don't think it's going to work. Let's go to the positive story of the day. GitLab, GitLab Q3 EPS nine cents beats the loss of one cent estimate. Sales of 149.7 million beat the 141.49 million estimate. Uh, they do see Q4 adjusted EPS at eight to nine cents versus a loss of one cent. Revenues of 157 to 158 versus a 150.24 million estimate. So all things here looking really great. Even the fiscal year adjusted EPS uh, at an estimate of loss of six cents, now given a guidance here of 12 cents and 13 cents. So all the expectations were for this company to lose money. And instead we're seeing a nice little pop could have been some, you know, workings in financial engineering. I did see some kind of mentions there of a one-time kind of net income inc increase there. But the gross margins is what really stunned me yeah, on this company. You told me that. So, um, I, sometimes I take a look at things and I'm like, well, how are they just doing this, right? How are they doing so well for a smaller company? Well, if your gross margins are set at 89.5%, the growth outlook for your company is going to be viewed at like massive. And if I take a look at, um, I don't know if we have this right. You know, sometimes it can be a little bit off, especially off of an earnings. But I have forward outlook PE of 238. So I, that it, it, some they're definitely giving this company some revenue love and, and growth love. So I, I've definitely seen that. One thing to note is that it's a full remote model. Um, it's kind of like your SaaS there, uh, the way it runs. Um, it's definitely software, and uh, it looks like somehow they're they're being able to continue beating and keeping the expenses low. If the gross yeah, margin is at 89.5, I mean, it, this company should turn around at some point. Nice little move also. What are you seeing, Joel? Uh, uh, well, we looked at this on uh, the closing print, and it – there was just major resistance at 54, and it just took that out, blew them. I and mean, if you just had to be lifting office there, 54, 56, there you go. You see it. Um, on the monthlies here, I, I'll just point out potential resistance in the stock for your traders out there. Uh, just like we notified you yesterday, you may have missed the high of the day in Uber. Also, Builder Source, all these stocks got the got the bump being added to the S&P. It was a great selling opportunity for all these stocks. I'm going through these uh, three stocks uh, that were added. It was uh, uh, Uber. It was First Source. And then what was the third puppy that was added? I don't have my notes in front of me. But that's what I'm thinking here uh, uh, for this issue that you've seen the high of the day. And the reason I, I'm fairly confident about that is you had a monthly high at uh, in the 62 handle uh, back in right here. Mm -hmm. I'll illustrate it right here. You had a monthly high at 62.12. You got the confluence with the pre-market high. You got a little bit above that going to 62.96. Now you're almost uh, almost three bucks off that high. So all the momentum buyers that bought it over 60 are scratching their head. 
and people that have been waiting to sell this thing in the 60 handle, they're the $62 area, are saying, did I miss my opportunity? So as always, using that pre-market high uh, as, a, as a major level, especially when it coincides with a monthly high. Get your peanut butter and jelly jam smuckers Q2 adjusted EPS $2.59 beating the $2.47 estimate. Sales of $1.94 billion missed the $1.95 billion estimate. Uh, JM lowering uh, JM Smuckers lowering the fiscal year 24 outlook and comparable sales growth from 8.5 and 9.5 down to 8.5 and 9%. Adjusted EPS also adjusting here to the downside now 9.25 to 9.65 versus a 9.42 estimate. Um, hey, I, I guess get your peanut butter and jelly, guys. This has been a huge decline on the daily. Maybe it's finally turning around here. Well, <clears throat> you need fundamentals, right? You need earnings. Uh, what we've seen a lot uh, so far with this earnings season is a lot of the laggards, right? Uh, getting mm -hmm. uh, getting boost here. Uh, this is a nice move. Uh, you had you made the low of the move, uh, a little bit of a rally. Then you came down, retested the low of the move. Looking at all these highs in one specific area, and the top of that area comes in, I believe I looked at this yesterday too. Wow. You had four highs at the 116 and a half, the 117 area. And what do you know? Now, not quite that low. Uh, you had four consecutive highs uh, going back in uh, early October between 116.15 and 116.50. So, right there, man, four highs in the same area. Now, you did punch through it in the pre-market going to uh, 117 even. But uh, if you're buying this thing off the hop up 357, which is probably already over the uh, expected uh, daily average range for this, just make sure you catch, catch a good bid there because uh, four highs in the same area, not going back too long ago. Let's see how that, and this stock also, it also trades wild. I know, I just can remember this thing off earnings, you know, up three bucks, down a buck, then up another two bucks. So uh, if you had 116.50 as a target, keep an eye on it. You might get a shot here in the regular session. Next up, AutoZone, get in the zone, AutoZone. EPS here, $32.55, beating the $31.57 estimate. Sales of $4.19 billion missed a $4.2 billion estimate. Revenue growth of 5.1 year over year to $4.2 billion. Domestic same store sales increase of one2 And like I said earlier, the EPS total of $32.55. AZO, what do you think, Joel? I'm thinking that this pre-market chart means absolutely nothing here because uh, <laughs> less than uh, only a couple hundred shares have traded on this. Actually, yeah, only 100 shares. Yeah, 100 shares have traded this morning. But uh, what I like here is the uh, the setup on the dailies. Uh, the dailies just going back not too long ago. Uh, the 2690 area was the vicinity of uh, three highs in a row. So I'll just keep an eye on that. 26. Right now it's showing it flat, the closing print. Uh, but four highs, you know, above that area, you get to there. You take a look at, at towards 2700. Coming back on the downside, if they decided to whoop the stock, uh, there's really no multiple lows in the same area. 
until you get under 2600 i'd call it the uh 2590 area so just like there's a wide market in there i'm gonna go wide on the levers for azo let's look at o'reilly auto parts o'reilly that's flat on the session that's had a nice consolidation period after a nice run up looking a little bit tired and then just the uh, the dog of the group, AAP. I don't know why they don't hire someone from one of those other two companies, but uh, boy, just floating along the bottom of the move here in AAP. They need a stock split or something, man, so that you know more traders can take part in this stock, right? I, at least that's what I would think. Um, it's kind of like a like how Amazon was in the past, where it was just sometimes you know people didn't trade it because it was expensive um AutoZone, man do a little bit of a stock split get it sexy for your investors out there and i'm sure you'd have a lot of a lot of people trading this stock it does really well monthly pullbacks the recent one was such an opportunity so that's one thing that i can note on this stock the bottom right chart can uh, show you on azo and o'reilly's those pullbacks to the channel look great on this stock all the time this is one of those that we could put on channelstock.com <laughs> yeah i know you guys used to talk about that all the time uh but yeah man um the monthly charts on these and going into next year if we expect the automakers yep. to struggle and they will struggle because interest rates will be so high what will a lot of people do probably we'll fix their old cars right fix the used cars and so i don't see autozone struggling into next year and these stocks kind of do well in a recession, right? They Joel? do. Yeah, and, but the, the companies don't want it. They don't. They don't want to split. They did. You know, they don't want the, the retail in there. They want you know the institutions. So now, I mean, it's it's big been up. money. Yep, yep. They want the big money well, in there. The, they don't want the other people in there. This That's could a, be it, one that maybe fractional shares, something like that, would make sense, Joel. I don't know if you've ever done that. Have you ever used fractional shares? Yeah. Nope. Nope, nope. There's no point, maybe. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a good I question. Mean, it, I mean, Joel's the big, the best of the investor of the three. Yeah, so. I don't know about that, but uh, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't even. It's no fun. I mean, it, you know, trading these kind of stocks. So, yeah, um, it's definitely uh, no fun if you own AAP and you don't own AutoZone. Let's go to the take two story as the trailer for Grand Theft Auto Six. Was supposed to come out at 9 wow. a.m. today, but um, looks like there's another social media leak. I don't know if it's a rat at take two, but something has to happen. The company needs to figure out what's going on with the leaks. First, it was pictures like a year ago about Grand Theft Auto 6 that weren't supposed to get leaked. Now the actual trailer that they just pre-announced on Friday that it was going to come out on Tuesday gets leaked again. So another leak here. I like how the company responded, though. They're like, our trailer's been leaked, so please watch the real thing on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Um, but yeah, it still has, like I think, like 20 million hits on uh, their kind of trailer. So, hey, what do you think man, about this oh, man. What do you think about the recent action here, Joel? Wow. I mean, look at that. Uh, Friday, uh, shot across the bow there. Um, had a big move on Friday. Uh, opened up, ran to 161.61, but uh, gave that back after being up over uh, over three bucks on the day. Ended up with a loss. So that was a little bit of a warning signal uh, in this stock. Uh, to me, 
I mean, they whacked this thing. I mean, holy mackerel. The algos, 146.50. Uh, that is overdoing it a little bit. I just don't like the double gap up here um, in the chart. Now you're going to have a gap down. This thing is absolutely messy. I'll lean on that uh, that pre-market low. I just don't think it's going to get there. I would look at, uh, let's see if there's anything that coincides with this. Uh 147.28 and 145.10. So someone was just taking a, a stab in the dark here. I guess they didn't like whatever whatever was leaked or whatever coming up. I, I'm just I'm just not an expert on these things. Yeah, I, I think what the, the real negative here is the amount that we'll have to wait, right? Um, what was leaked is 2025 release, right? And I think that some people were starting to anticipate that maybe they would get it out a little bit earlier. Right. Um, and that's a situation that would definitely affect the stock. I know I was one of those like, man, if they release it for this holiday period, people would be super excited about it and probably be buying up all those games. Not how what happened here. How much difference are those games to, you know, that, the like, bottom line? Yeah. Big, big, Joel. This is like the number one game probably next year. I don't think there'll be any other game that beats it in 25. But I mean, but from the other versions, um, they make big changes. They're just, like I mean, you're stealing advanced. cars, right? Grand Theft yeah, Auto. Yeah. yeah. You're it's stealing cars thing. and shooting people thing. and killing here, people here. and things this is blowing the key. up. This is what I think you need to see. This is what I think you need to see uh, is the quality in the graphics. That's what's gotten a lot better. Of course, we have new consoles. So the graphics here a lot better right i mean this is not how the old grand theft auto looked let's just put let's just be honest it didn't have the beaches it didn't have all this so pretty much they've made it like a real city like real miami it's based in miami so um with that i would say that it's the advanced graphics that really make it that much better and it's a game that is let's say if you were played it when you were like younger let's say 16 to 20 some kind of age there you still remember it to this day and you'll still go back and play it. I see adults, they'll, they'll be playing this for sure. Let's, let's move on. Let's get out well, of the I take two. Quick, yeah, yeah. I, just, I just wanted to look uh, at the EA here just real quick. And man, this stock has really been in uh, stock and neutral here for a long time. Yeah. Look at the consolidation here. I would just say that for the from a trading range perspective, I mean, you've been up in this area. I, if this thing doesn't punch through 140 soon, maybe you come back and trade to the uh, lower end of this trading range. Last month's high, 138.40. This month's high, 138.26. So a couple ways you can play it. You know, you can use that as resistance if it busts through there. Look through the next area. One forty thirty would be the next target, but that that one forty it hasn't traded over one forty only in two different months, uh, going back since uh, the beginning of two thousand twenty-two. Signet Jewelers Q three adjusted EPS twenty four cents beats the eighteen cent estimate. Sales of one point three nine billion beat the one point three nine billion estimate. They reaffirmed guidance of fiscal year twenty four, excluding profitable sales of fifteen UK stores. They refised their fiscal year twenty four total sales um, a little bit uh, lowered from the seven point ten to seven point three billion. Now down to seven point seven and 7.27 billion on the high end 
Of course, this is kind of making high-ender jewelry. Um, we could compare it to like Movado. Um, but hey, it looks like people that have money probably still spending money, right? I mean, let's be honest. If we expect to see recessions, it's probably not going to come from your upper end and you know it's not gonna it's gonna come from your middle class let's be honest so do we see this taking a major hit i don't i wouldn't necessarily say so uh i mean it got a spike to 88 bucks and that's a good level keep an eye on that one folks if in fact you get back to that area 8844 was your high going back in february of uh of 2022 now, what's interesting is that where it's at right now, 84, it's trading up 15 cents at 84.94. I think you just use the, use the close on this one. If they like this report, they oh, let's hold the close. Three bucks off yesterday's low. I don't know if you want, or no, not three bucks off yesterday. Actually closed near the low of the session. 84.11 was your low. 84.79 closed. So, Really important to stay green on the day, hold that close, and uh, hold yesterday's low. After that, you're looking at you know some uh, uh, ways to go on the downside. Your next daily low is 81.26, and first things first, let's take out yesterday's high using the range from yesterday, 87.13. I can't make it uh, more than a two-star because there was only one daily high here, but uh, if you're playing this alongside, make sure they push it to 87.13 on the hop. Let's get to the Bitcoin names. These have been hot, man. Hot again, of course, and continuing to go. Coin finally pulling back this morning. Mara pulling back this morning. Of course, Bitcoin ran throughout the weekend. I'm sure you guys talked about it yesterday. Yeah. Hitting up there to 40K. Um, it does take a little bit of a sidestep here. Is it an opportunity to be looking in here? How are you seeing it here, Joel? Ooh, what a run. Two bucks off the high of the move. Uh, gap up yesterday. Uh, well, actually, yeah, 140.90. Uh, well, that's your, it's currently where it's trading. Looks, oh boy, this thing got yesterday's session. What the heck happened here? Look at the dailies. Uh, got to 146.30. Then the profit takers finally came in at 141.09. That's your highest close here going back to April of 2022. So first things first, I'd use the close. I mean, we're so far off yesterday's high at 146.30, and you're trading down on the session. Let's see what happens. See if they can get it unchanged. If they can't get it unchanged here, get a look at yesterday's low. Yesterday's low coming in at uh, 137.60, and then a gap to fill here at 134.33. And did you, did you say Kathy sold some stock? Yeah, let's take a look. Kathy uh, ARKK offloaded 1.4 million worth of Coinbase, um, but she's shifting that over to Robinhood um, pretty much. I mean, you can see that nice little shift there in the buy from Robinhood, 14,702 shares, but at least selling some into the rip, right? I mean, yeah, loading all the way down on Coinbase. So, I mean, once you start getting into the green, I think it kind of makes sense to unload some of that risk, right? Well, I love it. I love it. I love it that she's uh, that she's selling in the strength here. I mean, she's been, you know, 
don't frown, average down. But uh, it's great to see, you know, putting those offers out there, letting people lift their offers. So congratulations. I know she was buying that thing sub 100 for mm -hmm. quite a long time. So nice rip there. I don't know. You know, also, you got to be thinking, you know, maybe, you know, maybe she'll sell, you know, a little bit more as well. So that even gives more emphasis to that, uh, that closing print from yesterday in Coinbase. Keep an eye on that one, folks. 14109. Yeah, and uh, of course, it, it will be interesting to see maybe how Hood moves. It's uh, been moving yeah. great. And of course, um, you know, one of the things is, uh, you know, some of these laggards, some of these moves uh, are not looking too bad to look for because right now we're not seeing Ooh. the leaders really necessarily move. But a lot of these smaller names in the ARKK are really starting to get a nice push. Got some nice levels here. Uh, for you, uh, you hood traders, and uh, right now, uh, up 30 cents, you're at the scene of the crime here. That was back, uh, back in early November, uh, before this thing gapped down off earnings. You had a triple top at the 980 level, that's currently where you're trading now. Let's see if there's any paper at double digits, but uh, above that, uh, you could use uh, 10, 1019. That's another double top in uh in robin hood so you have some potential areas of resistance it clears those look out you got some room on the upside but uh this has had a nice rally off the coinbase rally and speaking of rallies um getting a getting a rally here in the s ps we are now 10 handles off that pre-market low of 45 55 and a half and we're only eight handles uh, from the pre-market high at 73 and a quarter. Haven't seen that closing price yet. Uh, that uh, that closing price uh, from yesterday was uh, 76. Where is it? 76 and a half. And um, let's get to China stocks as they continue to take a hit here. And it's not looking good as you get another negative catalyst to come in with Moody lowering its outlook on China to negative from stable as the debt levels across the country continue to rise. Of course, we've mentioned before on this show about the real estate issues that have been in China also. But I mean, it's issues all around here. Just take wow. a look at their main stocks. Take a look at FXI. I mean, it does not look good here for China. I, it, it's move. almost like it's almost like they're they're going to have to start playing nice or something because this is re real destruction. You know when they play nice, Mitch? Mm. Right here, right here. I guarantee you that was the day that I that she was over in San Francisco, right? And yep. uh, you know, meeting so. Wow, I mean Moody's, uh, you know, sticking a fork in there, down forty-five cents. Uh, that's that's a big move here. Uh, just look, can't really give you anything on the monthlies here because your, I believe it was your October low, uh, is way down at twenty-one fifty-nine. So that's not on the radar. I don't know how much people trade this or look at this, but. Got someone nibbling right here, 2380, whether they're covering a short or attempting a long here. Uh, since the four, you had the lower open off 4 a.m. I'm now looking at the uh, chart on the left, the 30-minute uh, uh, chart that encompasses the pre-market trading. You had the lower open, but eh, you got a bid there. You got a bid there just above 2380. Uh, of course, on a day like this, when you get a lower open, you look at the close as resistance. Uh, that close from yesterday, 24.31. But what a haircut here. 
Moody's uh, slapping the FXI around. You mentioned Baba. Holy mackerel. I mean, this thing looks like it has a, a yearning for the 60 handle. That's down 79 cents. Uh, another down day for Alibaba. And if you thought 80 was going to hold wrong, next monthly low, oh boy, 63.40. That's not going to be on the radar. But Baba in the red as well. All right, guys, it's time to continue with our T3 Tuesdays. Let's get after it. All right, Christian Tharp, CMT, Chartered Market Technician. Excited to talk to Christian. We'll get into some stock charts. So, Christian, if you'd like, you can also share your screen and have that ready to go. If not, don't worry always show our charts here uh but being a cmt i'm sure your charts are good to look at uh so definitely want to go ahead and mention that it's good to see you christian absolutely great to be here first time for me so kind of excited yeah excited to get after it we can go ahead and first start off with kind of the overall market action of course we've been seeing like a, this q4 rally um starting to get a little bit of these large caps to really kind of pull back a little bit but how do you see the rally at least technically wise does it still have legs do you think there's room for pullback how are you seeing the charts right now well first off i, I always appreciate it when you uh you know tee it up with a softball for me because uh you know i always like to let everybody know you know if you start asking me about uh you know uh, inflation and the economy and things like that we could have a problem <laughs> but if you want me to look at a chart that's what i do um but yeah no you are absolutely right um you know, when you go back to June, July, and I think it's important when you look at environments that markets can create and they can kind of tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the truth is what I like to say, right? We can, we all have an opinion. There's always a bull, there's always a bear, things like that. But I always say money talks. And so if you go back to July, uh, we saw stretch, you know, we saw momentum waning, we saw breath, we saw sentiment and things that led us to believe that a correction was coming or at least a pretty nice pullback. And we got that. And so, you look now and we're seeing um, similar in that we're getting a little stretched here. Uh, momentum starting to look like it's running a little bit out of gas. Obviously, for those that watch overbought, oversold, there's that. But I think the great thing about what I like about the market when it gives me a price to watch, like a definitive, okay, if we do this, let's get in there. I think right now you got to look at S&P 4600. Uh, that's not only the mark that was tested at the high back in July, but if you go back to 2022, you go back to the end of 2021, that's a price that stands out quite often as that inflection point. So I think we've reached it. Obviously, Dow new highs here recently, NASDAQ new highs, so forth and so on. But I always like to say the S&P is the benchmark for a reason. So um, we hit that. We're thinking about it. Uh, I think we could think about it a little longer. I think that, uh, you know, again, you look at the run, the Dow is almost vertical. It's okay. As they say, healthy markets take a breath. It's okay. Yeah. And um, let's look for 4,500, 4,400 below that, and then uh, get ready to do it again. All right. Let's go into maybe sectors, industries, stocks that you're looking at, maybe some setups that are setting out there. Christian, what are you seeing in the markets? Absolutely. So one, let's start with um, speaking of yields, rates, and things of that nature. We've been watching the TLT for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, if you go back to the TLT's low, hitting the uh, kind of the mid to low 80s, we saw a lot of divergences on multiple timescales. So daily, weekly, monthly uh, led us to believe that a rally was intact. We wanted to see the TLT take 92.50 back and it did. 
So as long as we see the TLT holding that area, we like the TLT to keep going. So bonds, in other words, for those of you that are in the, in the bond area, yeah. uh, sector wise, we really like semis for a while. We looked at the SMH, SMH breaking the new highs, taking out 160. We thought that was a great move, but we were also conflicted with that. We were conflicted in that we made that move with such a stretch that it was just hard to fathom that we hold. And sure enough, yesterday we gave it back. Uh, but I do think as we gear up for what would appear to be another run-up, you, you definitely, I think you want to keep your eye on semis. But here as of late, we have seen real estate do very well. Strangely, we don't watch real estate a lot ourselves, but I was a little surprised <laughs> over the last week or two. Uh, like real estate, really. Uh, materials and industrials, but specific names. I think you got to like Boeing getting awfully close to that 240 level, which uh, we think yeah. is an inflection point. You can see it right there. Big Take that Boeing high out. Right. <laughs> they say there's no V bottoms. Um, yeah. I don't know. They don't exist. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Never seen it before. Um, FedEx. Uh, you got to like FedEx on a move through 270. We are watching that uh, in some of the portfolios that we go. You see it right there. It's clear sunshine. Look at that. Nice little haircut right across that 270. So we're watching that breakout. And we've been doing a little bit with GE. GE has recently taken out 118. A monster. I call yeah. it a monster. I know that some people don't like it because uh, maybe they compare it to past year's experience. But man, this year, yeah, can't be stopped. Yeah, it's weird because everybody, you know, you want to talk Tesla. You want to talk NVIDIA. You want to talk Bitcoin and Apple. And I was like, I get it. I get it. GE is not all that sexy. But at the end of the day, a breakout's a breakout. And look at when it took out 118. Here we are moving higher. So these are some of the stocks. We will, obviously, nothing against the NVIDIA's of the world. We're still waiting to see if NVIDIA can take out that, uh, you know, up top there, the 500 up, uh, uh, that it looked like it was going to do. Again, look at that nice little haircut there. Huge fan of the simplicity of just good old fashioned uh, breakout points and, and, and break down points. And so we thought we were going to get through, clearly didn't happen, uh, but we're going to keep an eye on it. And um, pullback wise, we kind of like Netflix right around 450, assuming it holds. Those are some of the main tickers that we're watching like now. Keep an eye on gold's nasty reversal from yesterday. Yeah, that was really interesting. Uh, quick reversal, but that's how gold is, right? Yeah. I feel like it has a tendency of riding the trend, riding the trend, and then, oh, you got to be quicker than that kind <laughs> yeah. of a move, you know? Yeah. Gold had a great, uh, so we we had actually in one of our portfolios, we held it until right around 2085. Um, pretty obvious to anybody looking back the last four years, why 2085 would be an area we would look to exit. So, Gold had been in a pretty nice little down channel, broke out of it a couple months ago. We rode it up with a target to 2085 and uh, decided to exit. And then, bam, we saw that pop overnight on Sunday. Oh, technically, the breakout came on Friday, but uh, mm -hmm. it looked like it was going to take off without us. And then we wake up, you know, eat some breakfast, come back, and now gold's, uh, you know, getting thrown out the window there. So we still like it, but it certainly after yesterday, it looks like there's some more downside to come. Let's talk a little strategy, right? And um, I, I know that being a CMT, you probably use a lot of different indicators and things like that. We can go to some of your favorite or maybe some that you use for pullback opportunities, especially in an environment right now where we're getting some tech to pull back. What are some of the indicators that you like to use? Like, is it EMAs, SMAs? Are you a Bollinger fan? Yeah. Let me know, Christian. What do you like? Well, I tell you, this might surprise surprise anybody watching or listening right now. But as a, as a CMT, uh, having coached for nearly 20 years, tends to surprise everyone when I say, look, the fewer indicators you have, the better you're going to do. OK, studies have shown that. Right. That is not an opinion. Yeah. Um, I always tell my students, look, you don't work at Goldman Sachs. Stop trying to, you know, <laughs> and, and 
you know, uh, be careful of the latest fads and hottest things. Price has been around since the beginning. It'll stay in the test of time. So I go in this order. I would say the number one indicator in the entire market, the market, right? Let's say you're an options trader or let's say you're trading stock. Uh, it doesn't matter what indicator you might have pulled down in that little drop down list that yeah. told you to, 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 to get short. If the S&P pops 2% tomorrow, you probably lost. So I would say start there, or as I like to say on my calls, we rise and fall with market. Number two, now let's go to our next check down, right? Uh, the, the stock and simply the price. If you noticed what every one of those charts had in common is every one of them had this clear breakout or breakdown point. Now, what tends to happen to us as individual retail traders starting out, we get kind of uh, somewhat misled a little bit with the idea of support and resistance. And I'm like, well, and then you got to go down what I call the indicator fallacy, right? This idea that I got to get other indicators. Well, <laughs> most of the stock, there's a reason why every one of those ones you pulled up had these clear breakout points. It's why we chose them, right? So what I encourage my students to do is go find clear breakout and breakdown points. You're going to notice you won't need the other indicators that you've been kind of maybe led to believe that you need. And remember, price is the only thing that pays, right? Uh, LA Way or Bollinger Bands don't pay me, right? Uh, Fibonacci retracements don't necessarily pay me. Moving average don't put money in my account. Price does. All that being said, uh, probably my number one indicator that I add to that, I always say it's the icing on the cake. It's not the cake, right? Is uh, I do love a good momentum divergence. Uh, I would say momentum divergences, especially when you look at larger scales. So daily, weekly, monthly, specifically weekly, monthly. You pull up the S&P, go look back over the last 30 years, the last five uh, monthly momentum divergences on an RSI led to minimum 20% corrections as much as 50% bear markets. So huge fan of that. Hi, Christian. How you doing? Joel Alconin, been a, <clears throat> been a long time here. Um, what about biotax? I can I remember you with the biotax. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I'm an old guy. I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, for me, uh, those are things that just, they're, you know, they're hit or miss. Is that... Uh, I mean, it's hard to do technicals on the biotax, but uh, if you got any input on, you've been following the biotax at all. No, I have not. That That is an incredible throwback. Wow. Uh, yes, the biotech trader. Uh, so biotechs can be a wild ride, which that's what I like. I like, you know, I'm very directional. So I do like things that if I'm right, big gains. If I'm wrong, right, I can actually cap losses with, you know, with the options we put on. Uh, but since then, kind of moving out of it now, I, some of the healthcare we continue to watch. And I do look, okay. we do look at the XBI sometimes. I do have an ETF portfolio that I manage. So we do follow the XBI or the IBB in that nature uh, when the opportunities present themselves. But for me, like I take a look at something like the IBB right now, kind of looking going straight up in the air like that. I tend to like to wait, you know, for I, I guess I would say more ideal and clear entries. But we are keeping an eye on UNH uh, in the healthcare space. Okay. Look back on that for the past couple of years and look at that nice 535 haircut or 553 haircut that stock has gotten multiple times. Uh, you can see it right there. And that's that clear breakout point we're looking for. You can see down there at the bottom in the 480-ish area, that support, right, that was very clear. So we're watching for that to break out. That could be a longer term play for our shorter term traders. Certainly could be looking for something maybe to run to 600. But that's the one stock we're watching in the healthcare area. But wow, I can't believe that goes back a ways. Yeah. Uh, what about volume? What about, I mean, now, as you can see on my charts here, I don't have volume up. I don't have moving averages and stuff. But when, when, do, you, when do you use volume and, and how do you use it? 
Sure. Uh, I would say I'm a lot like you. I don't do a lot with volume. And I do want to be clear, whether it be volume or any other indicator, I always say it has value to those that have decided that that's going to be where they place their value, right? So when someone asks me about, like, say, Elliott Wave, like, well, look, I don't, you know, do my, you know, impulse waves and my corrective waves and my ABCs, but that has a lot of value to somebody else, right? So with volume, it doesn't play a huge role for me, except I would prefer to see breakouts and breakdowns occur on a spike in volume. You know, I do tend to watch when we're selling off or that, you know, accumulation that we'd like to see come into play, right? So, so basic broad strokes, but I am not somebody that really uh, uh, gets uh, knee deep into that. No, me neither. Now, what about uh, now? a lot of people like well, following the futures and I hear you talking about the SP. Do you, do you put any emphasis on, uh, on any of the pre-market or after hours actions? Now, the daily charts don't incorporate that. Uh, do you kind of just kind of are you just a kind of guy that just kind of like gives that information or you use that information or why do you prefer just the regular session? No, that's a. That's a tricky one. <laughs> so, okay. so yeah, no, well, it's just, uh, so I manage a couple different portfolio. Uh, some are shorter term in nature. So some are as short as even, you know, 24 hour, you know, Thursday into Friday. So when we get shorter and shorter in time frame, those moves and what the pre-market is telling me both before and after uh, do matter. Now, say for when I mentioned a little while ago, ETF portfolio, these are things we go out, you know, weeks and weeks, if not months. So we took SMH out to next year on that goal. We were in for nearly two months, something like right. that. I'm not too terribly worried about the, the, with the futures as it pertains to that. But for me, I always look at, you look at the cash, the, the, the futures can fill in some gaps for you, can help um, kind of like a book where maybe there's a page or two is missing that could really help, you know, with the uh, character development there. So I do watch it, how it plays into the trading depends on the time scale that we're working. I love this. I think this goes perfectly with uh, I'm dropping in a link here and uh, you actually do a number one option strategy that you can find trades in less than 24 hours, guys. Uh, so uh, this one's an interesting one. And I want you guys just to take a look at it, of course. And I, I think this is even just interesting to see. So I even myself am putting my first name right now in email uh, to go ahead and find out what this trade is. Uh, less than 24 hours, one single time he takes action every single week. I mean, this is something you got to look into it. So here you guys have the link there. You guys can click it. There's that December link. Check it out, guys. Um, some options trading overnight action. I mean, this <laughs> I got to see. Yeah, that's a it's a it's a it's a fun service. It's a fun. Um, we want to make money. Don't get me wrong, but it's a fun uh you know, uh, one thing I learned over years and years, it's, it's not something we've ever built a service or, or a, a, you know, a, a strategy around mm -hmm. um, was this idea of Thursday. I like looking for some hidden gems. Thursdays going yeah. into Fridays. You, you never know? know, really. I mean, yeah. I see options traders kill it on these all the time. Yeah. The key is just to, uh, finding some way to kind of be a repeatable uh, strategy, right? So yeah. this is something I'll definitely look into. There's the link, guys. Uh, definitely check it out. Like always, you guys can learn a lot from T3, right? They have so many different things uh, to offer, whether it be trading rooms, education, options, equities. They, they do it all, guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh 
Chris, before we let you go here, just uh, you know, you know, forgetting about the charts and uh, you know the macro, what like what what do you think is one of the, the biggest mistakes that young investors make? We 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 have a very diversified, pretty high level audience here, but I know we have some uh, some younger people uh, that listen to the show and stuff. Just from you know a long term investing, what do you think the biggest mistake that people make? And uh, just a uh, couple with that. Uh, what one piece of advice would you give them for the long term? I'm talking long, long term. Sure. Uh, wow. I guess I would start with, and uh, you know, excuse me, I'll probably bring the charts in here anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I would start with, you know, uh, having been in thousands and thousands of conversations, not only with students but also just friends and family and such. I always want to remind everybody that what you are hearing now, the market already knew three, six, twelve months ago. All right. So you need to be careful. This idea that, oh, I'm getting into this company because by the time your taxi driver or, or your hairstylist is talking about it and recommending it, you probably are late. OK, so so, you know, when you start looking at that longer term, you know, I understand the idea that it could be, you know, somewhat like I don't know enough to make decisions like, you know, like. Yes, you do. And yes, you can. You know, there are certainly a lot of ways you can get ahead of the move. And that's where I kind of come full circle back to if you spend a little time, you don't have to be a CMT. You don't have to be a trader. You don't have to learn 82 indicators. But there's a lot of stocks like if you go back to NVIDIA from uh, 2022, right? A basic, you know, breakout level, a basic inverse head and shoulders. It was a very big one, very straightforward stuff. That thing broke out. Now look where it's at. Then everybody talks about how great NVIDIA and AI is. Don't be afraid to get ahead of the game. Don't be afraid to kind of, you know, get in there and say, hey, I see something here before it's hot, because by the time it's hot, you're probably late. All right. Like I mentioned, you guys can definitely check out that link and check out more of Christian Tharp, of course, on T3 and others, right? There's tons of educators yeah. for you guys to check out. There's the link. Also, QR code for all my QR fans in the top right corner. You guys can hit that. And what else would you like to let them know about what you do at T3, Christian? Well, I think you almost covered it all. I do a little bit of everything. Uh, by by, I would say by nature, I'm more of a coach. Um, you know, everyone wants to come and talk about trade services and the different. Mm -hmm. I do operate multiple time scales, not just one. But I, for 17 years, I've been coaching, and that's what I enjoy. Um, the members that I've worked with for years, some of which over a decade, the students, they're benefiting most from the coaching and what they're learning, not necessarily trades I'm giving them. I think you can only do so much with a trade given to you if you don't understand what you're doing and why. So I love doing the coaching. But yeah, the, uh, the new 24-hour the new service is fun. We do some ETF stuff. So a little bit of everything, but definitely love uh coaching and teaching for sure definitely always got to pay it forward always good to have you guys on check them out guys t3 uh christian tharp we'll have you back on man thank you absolutely have a great day guys great joining you take thank care you, christian. let's get back to the market how are we looking here joel are we hanging in and what's, what's coming going back. on We're coming back you know you know uh oh oh bag of tricks here you know you have your down open you don't get to the previous day's low and then you get a bit of a sympathetic rally here and that rally right now is pausing at halfway back on the day now i know you got your 0 0.382 0 0.618 and 0 0.8718 or whatever but uh i like the 50 on me yeah i like the 50 
I like the 50 and that, you know, for the intraday basis, that's where, you know, the bulls and the bears are squaring off here. And also just going back um, on the S and P here, uh, we have just had, and I know I was out for a few days last week, but the multiple closes in the same area. Now going back, I mean, I know we had the, the ramp up on Friday, but if you exclude that, that ramp up from Friday, uh, and that close at 46.00.75. Listen to this money, Mitch. Going back to November 22nd, before we all ate our turkeys, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, six closes in nine sessions. It is 45.60 handle. And here we are. Stuck in the middle again. So I this is a big area. If the market can hold in here just a couple more days, I mean the the you can see the support on the dailies here. All this whole I mean, if we can hold here and let's just uh move that out of the way, maybe call it forty five fifty, then this thing's a ramp up to take out forty six hundred. It's just a silly little pit in my stomach here to saying, man. We're just hang. We're hanging out here too long. So you got you got your setup here. Whether or not we're going to have that Santa Claus rally, Bulls making a major stand here at the forty six fifty or forty five fifty, and then you clear forty six hundred. But man, we are stuck, Mitch. Stuck, stuck, stuck. Yeah, what I would say is uh, a part of me is going to look for a nice like opening takedown and then the rally coming because that's how I think they'll do it to us also. They're going to probably try to do a little bit of capitulation, takedown, and then come right back up, right? So I'm going to be looking to see what happens with NVIDIA today because I'm looking at that 50% retracement that you talk about, Joel. So mm-hmm. one of the stocks that I'll be watching, if all of a sudden NVIDIA can maybe go through, let's say, 450 today right? It's, it's at 452 right now. Nice little whole dollar to look for 448, 50% retracement. Maybe do one of those like quick bear trap moves to the downside, then start ramping back. Apple's not looking too bad. Microsoft has pulled back. Amazon's hanging out. So is Tesla. So if those stocks can start pushing Amazon, Tesla, are pushing a little bit back. Apple take lead, right? We know how Apple likes to take lead. Look at it right now. It's climbing pretty good in the pre-market, um, the action. So yep. things like Is this. news? News me on that. This, I, I'm, I'm going to take a look. It looks like the, some news there on Apple. Yeah. I, I think, you know, Apple said to uh, India for universal charging port requirement exemption. So they're trying to get oh. exemption out of using that universal port, right? Um, that would help them create more revenue in India, right? Um, so that's definitely going to help them. It already got a pop here. So I'm looking for a move going back into 191. Um, what do you see on that Apple chart? And then we can kind of wrap up the market. The, oh, the old universal phone charger port trick in India. I've, I've fallen <laughs> for that. I've, I've fallen for that before. Uh, let's see here, Apple. Uh, I think here's my setup in Apple. You're trading up 82 cents. I'm going to make this real simple here. Uh, we got up. Well, also, we're just so close to me winning that bet. I just know it's going to pull back on me uh, with Dennis. Uh, but let's call it 193 to 185. And this 190.5 area, we're not too far from that. That's halfway back of this move here. So if this is if this is for real, if this is this is all the pullback 
If you're going to get an apple off this move, then there's no doubt here. You know what? I'll do the, uh, I'll get the retracement tool out here because I'm a little bit off on my numbers and I'd like to be exact here for my friends at pre-market prep. And that's pretty close. Yeah, it's actually a little bit lower than that right here. The 190 area. This is a sticker point. If this is catching 190 bid, take out uh, Friday side 191.56, then yippee-ki-yay, maybe going back up to that 195 area. But that's my look at Apple uh, for right now. Make sure you hold you hold these opening gains. Love it. And who will we have on tomorrow, Joel? I will be in downtown Detroit. Who are we to the Mitch is coming to the Motor City. The Motor City. Can you believe it? Mitch I'm coming in. with that line strength, though. That line strength. Yeah. Uh well, let's see here. Uh I did wow. not you <laughs> caught me. Joel by surprise. You caught me, caught me. I'm signing in. And oh, have- I know who it is. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be Greg Weldon from Weldon Online here. And uh uh he's gonna uh, talk about the, the commodities and futures. I'd love to get his take on the gold uh market. Uh so that that'll be it for um uh, for today, folks. All right, guys, all information for informational purposes only, not to be used as investment advice and opinions do not represent those of Benzinga. Hosts and guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed. I will see you bright and early next tomorrow, Joel, from the office. Excited to see you guys. You guys keep up with Joel on the closing print today. I won't be having start swing trades, so keep up with my man, Joel. Have a good one, Joel. Take care. All right, guys, to get you guys over now to live trading, that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We always got a lot more for you guys right here on Benzinga, of course.